0: all things New Orleans Saints, this is Houdat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. Hello and welcome back into another off-season edition of the Houdat Discussion, powered by Overtime Media. As always, my name is Andrew Galata, and this is going to be another very interesting episode of the Who Dat Discussion, very news heavy. We got four sets of news, and then we're also going to do a one-up, one-down. Really love that segment from our last episode, and we're going to do one-up and one-down players that the Saints should keep or not keep going into this free agency period, as we're only six days away from the start of the legal tampering period. Obviously going to be a lot of moving parts as the CBA hasn't been fully negotiated yet. We don't know what's going to be happening there as we don't know if it's gonna pass or not people are saying it will some people say it won't and that's why the deadline is keep being extended the de- friends fran- de- franchise tag we don't know what's happening with that right now so it's gonna be very very interesting we'll get into that later we're obviously going to talk a little about Taysom Hill as that news dropped earlier this weekend and then also we got Tremaine Johnson news he was cut from the Jets Josh Norman has signed with the Bills. We're just going to get all into it. Some Alan Kamara news. Starting off with the Saints planning to put on the first-round tender on Taysom Hill per ESPN with Adam Schefter there. So, first off, I love the move. Love, love, love the move. Because now, look, first of all, it's only $4.4 million is the tag. So, look, that's for me perfect for Taysom hill i think right in his ballpark where he should be paid right now and right now the saints are looking to get a long-term deal done with him which is also something very interesting to look at and the saints obviously should keep on just look he's gonna be on the team next year i think this just completely confirms it and if some team wants to give him a lot of money and then give up a first round pick for him be that way i'm fine with that If the Saints get another first-round pick, you can get the quarterback of the future. That's most likely going to be better than Taysom Hill. And then you'll still have another first-round pick to fill up other holes on his roster. So that would be, I think, very advantageous to the Saints. Probably the best-case scenario would be some team gives him a ton of money, Saints get a first-round pick. And let's just say he signs a deal that's kind of right where the Saints want to sign him. You can just match it, and then that's that. So that's kind of the—the Saints have all of the cards in their hands. And really, for this Taysom Hill situation, I think they're doing exactly what they should— and I'm really happy with what they're doing with him. Obviously, next year with Drew Brees, you're going to use him as your backup. And also, he's going to still be your Swiss Army Knife. And he was really working very well late in the year. And he was extremely successful, and his plays were successful when they were playing teams out of the division. Because those division teams, they see him so much, it doesn't matter. Like, they just know what everything Taysom Hill is going to do. But, I mean, you go out of the division playoffs, that's when it, he becomes really important and he's another weapon. Now, you don't, if you're the Saints, you don't want him to be kind of relied upon, though. You'd rather get all those other weapons, as we stated in past episodes, and as I think the Saints should and will do. So, again, he's great to have, and if the Saints want him as a future quarterback, that's great as well. But at least let's get that all ironed out this offseason and the next. I would love to see the Saints know what they're going to do with the quarterback position going into next season. They should have an answer on their roster. If if this is Breeze's last year, you should have an answer on your roster going into 2021, which is obviously very far in advance, but you want to know. And I think that's very important. But to me, great move. I'd be fine if the Saints didn't sign a long term and just got the tender. I'd be fine if some other team signed him and the Saints said, no, we'll take our first round pick or if the Saints wanted to match it as well all great stuff, and I'm fine with anything the Saints do with this Taysom Hill situation, and none of this move is really going to, unless the Saints signed him for like a five-year deal, then I'd be like, he's probably your future quarterback, but if they don't, then it really hasn't changed much with the Saints quarterback situation, so that's kind of what it is with Taysom Hill, so now we're going to move over to our next set of news, and that's going to be Tremaine Johnson of the New York Jets was cut, and they're going to save some money, only three million, They, they gave him a huge contract, and it was one of the worst signings in New York Jets history look he was a former trade candidate of the Saints I'm sorry there and that's why I'm gonna bring him up is because if the Saints wanted to bring him in probably for not a lot of money just like Josh Norman you the Saints are probably looking at him and Josh Norman already signed we'll get into him later um it's gonna be a team friendly deal probably less than five million for Johnson and the Saints would really look for it and look it's a low risk high reward deal Maybe he becomes the ball hawk he was back then, getting all the picks with what he what he was with the Rams, who had a pretty good defense, especially by the end when he was in 2017. Made had a good defense, and they were pretty good the years before that as well, and that's when he had his best seasons in good defenses. He put him on bad defenses with the Jets, and he's not so good. Maybe that's just the type, type player he is. It's going to be interesting to see what he's going to be able to do. PFF grade was not good with 53, and look, he just was riddled by injuries, really, for the most part for him, and... Kind of, to me, when you're looking at Jermaine Johnson, what he's been able to do over kind of his career, he's a veteran at this point. He's played eight seasons in the NFL, but over the last two seasons, he's only started 15 games. So he's only played really one season in the past two seasons. That's not going to cut it. Only five interceptions between those two seasons. And then he had 10 in the, in, the, in the three seasons before that with the Rams. So definitely something to look at there. He was able to just be a playmaker with the Rams, not the Jets. I think a lot, a lot of athleticism kind of diminished as he got injured and stuff like that, and it was a colossal misstep for the for the Jets. Will the Saints want to take a chance on him? It's very interesting. They didn't take the chance on Norman, so we'll see if they take the chance on Johnson. Look, if you can get him for one year, like two million, why not bring him in? What's the worst thing? You cut him? It's not that big of a deal. If it's something more than that, he wants multi years, then I just said nah. Um, I just leave him there, there's so much depth, and we're going to get into it, so much depth with this cornerback, I would love to see the Saints get out and get a big name at the cornerback spot, and it'll probably be for pretty cheap as well, something to very, to look at very deeply if I'm the Saints and if I'm Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton, because you can get a ball hawk here to go along with Lattimore and some other guys you got there with, obviously, Jack Rabbit, guys like that, and you can get him for pretty cheap, and really, because I'm also going to talk about Josh Norman here, what this means here is that Jack Rabbit, I think, is definitely going to get restructured for very little, because transitioning to Norman, Norman got one year six million. Jack Rabbit, which is probably worse than Norman, both had kind of bad years, have had a few bad years in the last few seasons, so now you're kind of looking at, look, used to be very good, now it's kind of falling off a little bit. He gets six million, Norman, so you can't see, I think he should get even less than Norman. I'm thinking four million, so that restructure is definitely going to happen, or the Saints are going to cut him. Very, very interesting. I do not think that Jack Rabbit, if he's on the Saints, he's not making $11 million next year. I'm thinking more of the $5 million range. So that's something to look at, too. And that, that means the Saints would uh, obviously save a lot of money. So something really to look at there, in my opinion. Now, Josh Norman signing with the Bills, I would have loved to see him with the Saints. I mean, especially for that money. I wish they pulled the trigger. But there are so many cornerbacks left that I'm not too nervous or scared about it. Or I'm not too mad about it. I, I just think that you definitely could have... Maybe pull the trigger on him. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of guys out there. Chris Harris is going to be one that a lot of people are going to want for the Saints. I think he's a player that can come up in here. You're, yeah, you're probably going to have to pay him. Definitely more than $6 million, But he's a ball hawk. He's a playmaker. He goes perfect with Lattimore. Lattimore is more of a physical guy. Harris is more of a guy, more speed. So he works perfectly, in my opinion. With him, there's just so many guys. Logan Ryan, Bradley Roby, Jimmy Smith, Akeem Talib. I think the Saints should stay away from him, 34 years old. Prince of Mukamara. Ronald Darby. Brandon Carr. Nickel Roby Coleman, maybe, even from the slot. I don't think the Saints would ever do that. That's kind of interesting. Jonathan Joseph. DeKeeze Denard. Eli Apple. So many guys. Vernon Hargraves. Dre Waynes. Going down the list here, it's just so many guys. A lot of guys that the Saints can bring in. Byron Jones is another one that maybe you see the Saints bring in. I just think it's extremely interesting. Um, Mikee's Alexander from Minnesota as well. He kind of went, uh, kind of was the platoon with Trey Waynes, in, with the Vikings, so many guys, DRC is there, Jermaine Brock, all of these guys, I'm just going straight down the list, and the Saints could definitely sign some of these guys, and I would not be surprised if they do there, it's just there's too much talent here, just too much, and to me, that's something you definitely have to look at, Fuller on KC is another guy you may, may want to pick up, um, I, I think the Saints, I, I think they have a really good chance to upgrade over Eli Apple, and I don't, think, I don't think Eli Apple's going to get a big contract. People think he will. And if he does, God bless him. But please, I, I think he's one of the guys the Saints should not get. I, I, that's just my opinion there. I just feel like right now, go out, get a ball hawk, get a guy that can get interceptions, get turnovers. Because as I said on the last few episodes, your offense gives up the least amount of turnovers of all time, and you're only fifth in the league. Like, how does that happen? How do you not number one? It's just because we couldn't get turnovers last year. And that's something to look at. Morris Claiborne's another guy. I would like to see a guy that gets turnovers, a guy like Chris Harris, who's a guy that's, I mean, a lot of people don't go after him now because he's been so good. But a guy, if they're going to throw to him, he's going to make the play. And kind of a more of a speed guy when Lattimore is really more of a fin- of a physical guy. So definitely something to look at there. As I'd like to see those two pair together. Norman, I think, would have been good for the Saints, but there's so many other guys here. There, I mean, there's a good, like, 15 guys that I'd be fine with the Saints getting considering that there's 64 st- starting one or two corners in the NFL there should be no reason this and there's a good list here of a lot of starting cornerbacks here the Saints could be able to sign one of them for less than 10 million that's just kind of the case they should be able to sign two for less than 10 million probably the way this market's going here um, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens but Norman's kind of the first domino to fall and it's only 6 million so that's 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 a very 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 good sign if you're the Saints, and should be a point that they should upgrade. As well as linebacker, they're already looking into Jamie Collins, so we'll see what happens there as well. Moving over to our third set of news, and that's going to be Alvin Kamara tweeted out, just before we recorded this episode here, that he played on one leg 75% last year, and he's back to 100%, and he's ready to roar for 2020. And this is something that's obviously great to see if you're a Saints fan, and if I'm the Saints, you do not give him a contract extension. Let him be... Motivated, and it looks like he is motivated to come back. But let him be even more motivated to get a big contract. And the Saints shouldn't be giving him, shelling him out all that money when he hasn't really played to the best of his ability last year. He didn't. And as much he he can blame it on injury, he can blame it on all that stuff. And there probably was there, but it just wasn't up to par. He just wasn't as good. The explosiveness was gone. And again, that that's probably because of the injury. But I don't want to see, now next year he does this and be like, oh, it's this another injury that I didn't tell you guys about. It can't happen. So, obviously, we'll see what happens. Just this year, wasn't really there for him. I mean, seven seven 797 yards, 5 touchdowns, 81 receptions. Just not there for me. And I think, again, the Saints kept on giving him the ball when maybe they shouldn't have. It's just very interesting to see. I, I think, again, he's going to be healthy. He's going to be fully And he's going to be ready to go next year. And I think he's 100% really committed to this team. Not like he wasn't last year, but 100% ready, roaring to go. The difference between 100% to me and 150%. 2017, to me, he was 150%. He was the rookie of the year, but he was proving something. I was a third-round pick, and I shouldn't have been. 2018, he was 100%. Healthy, definitely vintage Alvin Kamara, but wasn't as good to me as 2017. And then this year, he just was hurt. So brought it down even more. And he really didn't have that motivation as well, so put it this year back to the 20, 2017 level, we'll see what he does, and I don't think anybody right now would give him an extension, I don't think he thinks he deserves an extension, that's just what I'm feeling here, and let him be roaring to go, let him have a big year, and if he has a big year and the Saints don't sign him, then it is what it is, but the worst thing for me, if you're Alvin Kamara, is if you go out and you're not happy, the Saints don't give you a contract and you sit out, that would be the worst, because he got, he was hurt, kind of had a bad year, it's not like the same situation with Le'Veon Bell, and even Melvin Gordon, we're coming off career years, He's not coming off a career year. He's actually diminished every single year. He's gotten worse since he's been in the league. So obviously, if you're him, you're going to want that contract. But you're going to have to have another vintage Alvin Kamara year that we did not see last year. And you're going to want to see more from in 2020. The Saints are going to need him to be his top his top self going into the season if they want to go all the way. So definitely something to look forward there. And look, it's great that he's roaring ready to go. And the words, obviously, are good to hear. But you want to see the actions as well. So that's kind of just what I'm thinking with Alvin Kamara, because... If he is 100% healthy and they have Michael Thomas roaring ready to go and they have Jared Cook and you're adding more weapons, it's going to be tough to beat. But right now, with no Alvin Kamara that healthy, just really having Michael Thomas and Jared Cook on this offense, it just wasn't enough this year. And we saw it in the playoff game and other games as well. So that's definitely going to be something to look at there. So now in our final set of news here, it's going to be about the CBA as it's just an ongoing fluid situation as we don't even know what franchise tags are going to hold now, because in the new CBA, there's, there would be no franchise tags. But in the old CBA, there is. So they're going to just wait until the vote happens, and after, then teams will get to kind of assess where they want to put the franchise tags. So they're going to give them a little more time. So just to give you guys some dates. So the legal tampering period and the League New Year staying the same. So legal tampering period starts 12 noon on Monday, next Monday. And then the new league year starts Wednesday. So that's when free agency can officially begins and they can be officially signed. But they can talk to teams, free agents can talk to teams during that tampering period. And that's when a lot of signings happen, even though they're not 100% official. Then your franchise tag happens one minute before that. So teams will know with one minute, (laughs) which is pretty crazy, if they're going to franchise tag players or not. That's tough. That's very, very tough. Because now you don't know who's going to get franchise tagged, who's not. It's going to change teams' plans a lot. So... Definitely going to be interesting to see how this works out. Probably not going to be a lot of news in that first day of tampering period, but we'll be we'll be there with you doing our Free Agent Frenzy podcast. Then the league CBA vote was pushed back to Saturday, so it's not going to be official until Saturday. So teams are not going to know if the new CBA is passed or not until the same with players, until Saturday. Which we already went, my my opinion on it. It's not very good. I really hope they just. I mean, look, it's fine that. They, want, they don't want to pass this CBA because this CBA obviously isn't 100% great for the players. But I feel like this CBA kind of just it combi- it. it kind of just compounds some issues that I don't think that players want to see or really owners want to see at that as well. So I, I think this is a good kind of baseline, but they should definitely change a lot of things about it. But we'll see what happens. And um, it's definitely going to be interesting. And if that happens, so we'll find out Saturday if the vote happens or not. And then teams basically have one day then to kind of assess what they're doing for franchise tags. And then they'll officially get ready for Monday. Very, very interesting and very, very fluid right now for this system. And we're kind of getting close here to this new, this kind of new season. And it's kind of crazy that free agency is this close. Really goes by so quick. And uh, that's kind of all the news that we got. A lot of news this week. A lot of like rumors, a lot of stuff, kind of speculation to what the Saints want to do. We'll see what they do do in a week. It's going to be very interesting. On basically a week from today, we're going to know what the Saints are doing. And kind of the news, uh, kind of the schedule, excuse me, about free agent news and all that stuff for the WhoDats discussion is going to be, we're going to do each day in free agency, we're going to do a episode at the end of the day, probably around five or six Eastern Standard Time. So if you're in the central time zone, just move that um, back an hour. So whenever that comes out, we're just going to do all the news for that day. And then maybe a little later if we feel like there's stuff kind of fluid with the Saints, if they're like in contract talks with one guy, we may wait for it to be official. For that to actually happen but then every day of the week we'll put out an episode and then we're probably gonna do one more episode before free agency just kind of updating you guys on all this stuff there's probably gonna be more rumors that come out during the week and stuff like that but definitely going to be interesting there as we get closer so that's all great stuff that's going to end our long news segment for this one so before we get into one up one down with some guys i think the saints should keep and not keep going into free agency with this 2020 season we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Houdat Discussion, and now we're going to do another segment we did last week. Instead of three up, three down, we're going to do one up, one down here, and it's the guys that the Saints should keep or not keep going into this free agent season. We'll start out with the guy we could keep, or should keep, I should say. Hopefully we do keep him, but we'll see if if we do or not. And then we'll go into the guy 100% don't want. And I think a lot of people know what I'm going to say here. But we'll start off with the guy who I do want. And that's going to be Von Bell. Von Bell, by all means, should stay on this team. And his market value on spot rack is only $4.5 million. He better stay. It better happen. Because if he doesn't, I'm going to be a little mad here. He's one of the only players right now in the Saints that's really a guy that sniffs out turnovers. Five fumble recoveries last year, which is huge. Two fumble uh, fumbles forced. 89 tackles, one interception, one and a half sacks. PFF grade of 64.6. That's why I think some teams are going to kind of stay away from him just because not knowing the type of guy that he is, it's not like he's on your team. Unless you played him or obviously for the Saints, you just don't see the impact he has on the field. He allows a lot of versatility to happen. Without him, uh, Chauncey Gardner johnson Johnson's spot would never even happen. You would just, I mean, look, now he can slide into that spot fine, I think. But I think Von Bell is really the really just solid, free, uh, strong safety. He's the guy that you want. And he's a guy that you can come in there and do a really good job. He's a guy that's solidified in there in a really good position. And like, he's really, this development that he's been on has been very strong. And he's going in to be, to me, a Pro Bowl. And his development track is going to be a Pro Bowl strong safety. And if the Saints can get that, I told you guys, four years, 28 million, I'd be up to even giving him even more. To me, you got to give him for four years, get him for four years, get him on this team for good. Now, strong safeties just don't make that much money which is a very good thing for the Saints. Kenny McHour didn't get a big contract, really. No one really has. If free safeties do. So it's just kind of where the Saints are looking at, to me, that's kind of very, very good. And if I was going to keep one of these two safeties, either Von Bell or Marcus Williams, it's Von Bell 100%. He's the heart and soul with Demario Davis, with Marshawn Lattimore, to me. And he just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's a steady guy, and he gets turnovers in kind of different ways. It's not like he gets all the picks, but he gets a lot of fumbles. Which is what the Saints need. The Saints need to have those guys that get the turnovers. They need those impact players. When a big play comes up, you know who I trust. I trust Von Bell. You know who I don't trust Marcus Williams. That's just <laughs> right now. It's kind of where I'm at as a Saints fan. And to me, when the crunch time happens in these big games, and it's gonna happen because the Saints are a good team, they're gonna play in big games. They're gonna play in crunch time. Then they're gonna play in close games, especially in the playoffs. You're to me, I'm more comfortable with Von Bell out there than whoever they're else gonna put out there. And I think he's a must. must for the Saints team to keep. I got to say, I I looked at our free agency for this season. There's one guy only that I'd be fine. The Saints have to keep. Like, have to. And the Saints have a lot of free agents. One guy I have that if the Saints don't keep him, I'm going to be very upset. And that's going to be Von Bell. Everybody else, I'm fine with the Saints leaving. And obviously Drew Brees, but Drew Brees is going to stay. Teddy Bridgewater, I'm fine with leaving. AJ Klein, I'm fine because I think the Saints are going to replace him anyway. Same with Kiko Alonso. Eli Apple, I'm fine with. Andrew beat, we'll get to in about a second. Fine with that. P.J. Williams, fine with that if they find a good slot corner replacement, even if that's Chauncey Gardner johnson Von Bell, we already went over him. And then really after that, you're looking at guys that really didn't play that much. You have guys like Patrick O'Malley, I would like to keep him, but if they don't, it's fine. Stefan Anthony, definitely don't keep him. And obviously, you can go down through the list here. So to me, I mean, the one guy I'm only not fine with is Von Bell. And to me, and I'd be fine with even David Onyamata. Now, I would like David Onyamata to stay with the team just because of Rankins, is a lot of uncertainty there but i'd be fine if the saints i mean didn't sign him but i think they should that's the one guy to me and that's that's kind of what i'm thinking here my down here and the guy 100% don't want back is andrus Pete. and i'm i have a full list number 1 andrus Pete's probably going to get paid because his stats aren't that bad <laughs> he made the pro bowls he's got all that stuff really the only bad bad grade that he has is going to be PFF, which gives him a 49.7. It's not very good. And here's the problem with Andrew Speed. Number one, he was brought in here to be a tackle. Couldn't do that. So they moved him inside as a guard. Barely can do that. And not, not, it's not barely, because at times he looks great. You get him out in space, he's athletic. It's all that great stuff for him. And he looks like like when he's going on, and the Saints obviously are going to have all the other guys really going healthy, good. You have Ramchek, Armstead. And then you have Wofford and then now with McCoy when all those guys are healthy everyone's ready to go you're like and then you have Pete playing while you're like this offensive line's the best in the league Given Drew Brees time open up holes for Kamara it's all great and then when he's playing bad and like really bad it's like there's a hole there's like it's like a traffic cone there instead of a guy and with all costs I'd rather have Nick Easton there I'd rather be at like a 90 a 90 overall all the time And sometimes at 100 overall, and then sometimes at an 80 overall. That's just kind of what I'm saying. And it always happens in the biggest games, because when the best players go up against him, that's when he has trouble. And you know what teams did? Then they started to scheme against it. They put their best rushers on the inside and let them go against Pete. And it worked. So the Saints, by all means, get Pete off this team. I don't want to see him. And look, no, obviously, no disrespect to him. He's going to probably get paid by some other team. Let that happen. Just don't let him back on this team. And I, and I know people are going to say, you're overreacting. It's it's other players. And a lot of experts have said, it's not really Pete. He just kind of is the one that gets kind of trounced on by Saints fans. Whenever the Saints have a bad game, I feel like Pete's at the center. That's just kind of what I'm <laughs> kind of what I'm saying. Uh, no pun intended there, because he plays on, in the center of the O-line. Not quite the center, but in the interior there. So to me, that's the main guy. Do not want to see him back. And... Look, you're obviously looking at some other guys. Like, Ted Ginn, I don't really want to see back either. Some other receivers you don't want to see back. But that's the number one guy. And also, he gets injured a lot, too. You can't rely on. Now, if I'm the Saints, I try to draft somebody. And then you have Nick, uh, Nick Easton as kind of insurance policy. Because I think Nick Easton's an average guard. And then you can draft someone. Maybe he's great. Same thing what you did with, the, with McCoy. Ended up working great. So why not try it again? And that's what I think the Saints should do. And that's what I'd use for this first-round pick. If you're not going to go quarterback, I'd go guard. I'd leave the wide receivers for free agency. So that's kind of the, the stuff I'm looking at for these guys. And look, if I'm the Saints right now, I just want to stay as far away from andrews Pete And if I, I get someone in free agency, if you want, keep Nick Easton. Anything is better than Andrews Pete you know, if the first day free agency comes out and the Saints get Pete and if I see, oh, Pete, Saints keep Pete for years, 45000000 million, I'd be so mad. Because that's $45 million that could get spent somewhere else. And I'd rather upgrade other positions than keep Andrews Pete. And I think many agree with me. Some don't, but I think many agree with me in that. And I know this is kind of a little predictable as I think a lot of people think Von Bell should be the player the Saints keep. And a lot of people think Andrews Pete's a player that shouldn't keep. That's just kind of what I'm thinking there. If, if it wasn't these two guys, I, I think David Onyamata could be a player that the Saints should definitely look at resigning, considering just Sheldon Rankins, you don't really know what's going to happen with him. And just, he's, is a guy that could be a starter when you need him, and maybe you give him starter money because of that. I just think someone's going to pay him a ton of money, in the Saints, for a guy that's not going to start, it's, it's tough to pay somebody like that, especially when you're strapped by the cap like these Saints are. So that's something very, very interesting there. And then also a guy that maybe you don't want to keep, another guy. Maybe it's an AJ Klein type guy. If you're gonna know you're gonna resign someone else, it's gonna be interesting to see where you go. I almost put AJ Klein as the guy you gotta keep, because at least I-, I think with Klein, with Davis, and with um, with you got Anzalone there, I, I think that's solid. And that could definitely do you great stuff. The problem is is if Anzalone goes down with injury, you wanna have four guys. So to me, I think the Saints should keep one Alonzo or Klein, and then add another guy there as well Now you could bring back all of them but I, I'd like to see some new blood in there I'd like to see them get Jamie Collins and AJ Klein and then leave off Kiko Alonso, who's making 8.5 million dollars so to me that's just kind of what I do there um and again I, I think that's really if you're the Saints to do that guys that um and like that maybe that's kind of what I'm looking at. guys you shouldn't keep maybe one of those two guys definitely ax them off I don't want both back really I mean, really, other guys, P.J. Williams, I, I'd be fine if the Saints re-signed him. Eli Apple, I really don't want back. But again, I wouldn't be, like, mad if the Saints re-signed him. I just wouldn't. It's kind of just my thing. But I I mean, I'm fine with him not staying there. It's just, guys, I feel like everyone's saying, oh, we have so many free agents. A lot of these free agents are just, like, triple backups, kind of guys we added on at the end of the season. Because all the the exclusive rights free is restricted free If if we want them back, we're going to get them back. Justin Hardy, JT Gray, all those guys, if you want them back, we'll get them back. It's the guys that you're kind of looking at these under these um, unrestricted free agents. I'm sorry, there. These are the guys that you're gonna be like, oh, you're probably not gonna get them back. You may, you may not. You only can get back a few. It's me. That's Von Bell. Besides Von Bell, maybe you send Von Von Bell and Klein. But then everybody else, backups, like you can replace those. Like Patrick Malley had probably resigned. I thought he was a good depth piece. But besides that, like a man, Josh Martin, DJ Swearinger, all these guys can get resigned. Or if they choose not to, they can get replaced as well. Again, those are the kind of the guys I'm looking at. P.J. Williams, another guy like that. So that's just kind of what I'm looking at there. I think our free agent situation is good. I think a lot of people are overreacting and saying it's not good. I'm fine with it. Basically, all our starters are in place still for this season. So, again, that's kind of—we'll wrap it up here on this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Who Dat Discussion, you can follow us on Twitter at the Who You can follow me personally on Twitter at Andrew Galata. And also, you can follow the podcast on Instagram, at who.discussion, and then you can listen to wherever you listen to your podcast. That means iTunes, Google Play, and also Spotify, also all the other sites as well. So again, we'll probably have another podcast later on in the week, just kind of seeing more rumors, see how the CBA stuff goes, and then we'll be roaring to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week, all podcast episodes, free agent Frenzy. Now, they won't be 30 minutes, or the 25 to 30 minutes that the podcast usually is. It's going to be more... Of a 15 to 20 minute, unless there's a ton of news, but 15 to 20 minute podcast just saying what the Saints are doing. And some obviously if deficient opponents, some big news happens with that. We will bring that to you as well. But I think with all that said, I want to say thank you, run it back, and hoodat.